Hello there, listeners. I've got a special surprise for you this week. I am sharing an episode of the fun all-ages art podcast, Who Arted? Who Arted is a show created by an art teacher with the goal of making art history fun and interesting for listeners of all ages. So if you're looking for a show that you can enjoy with the kids, Kyle shares fun facts about everything from Mona Lisa to Mario. Today, I'm sharing his recent mini-episode about Salvador Dali, but be sure to check out Who Arted's daily mini-episodes this season, which are covering 64 diverse artists in anticipation of their annual Arts Madness tournament. Listeners can vote for their favorite artworks in a bracketed tournament where every matchup simply asks, which is better? This can spark some great conversations about how we evaluate art, and I highly recommend that you check it out. You can find Who Arted Weekly Art History for All Ages wherever you get your podcasts or at www.whoartedpodcast.com. Enjoy. I feel like Who Art Ed. Who Arted? <laughs> Mr. Wood Art Ed me. Yeah. Either way, it's, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. For today's mini episode, I'm going to start off with a little bit about Salvador Dali. Salvador Dali was an odd man. He was known for attention-grabbing stunts like driving a Rolls Royce filled with hundreds of pounds of cauliflower. In 1936, he walked into an English diving shop to acquire a deep diving suit. When the store owner asked where he planned to be diving, Dali responded, into the subconscious of the human mind. If you're cringing at that, just wait. It gets worse. So Dali and other surrealists were inspired by the latest psychological theories of Sigmund Freud, among others. Psychology was a new field in the early 20th century, and the notion that our conscious mind was just the tip of the iceberg left artists to imagine a new frontier with seemingly endless potential by tapping into the subconscious. The thing is, this was not a popular notion everywhere. England was not super into the avant-garde art movements, and, you know, in the run-up to World War II, they had other things on their mind. So Dali came to be fitted for this diving suit. He wanted to make a spectacle of himself with a somewhat obvious visual metaphor to accompany his, I can only assume, muffled speech in a London gallery. Dali had earned top billing at the London International Surrealist Exhibition. This was quite an accomplishment when you consider other participants in the show included Marcel Duchamp, Man Ray, Merritt Oppenheim, and even Pablo Picasso. All eyes were on Dali as he stood before the crowd, sealed in the diving suit with a pool cue in one hand and two dogs on leashes in his other hand. Anyone who's done public speaking knows that it's always a bit of a performance, and as he spoke, Dali began to bobble and sway. While most in the crowd assumed these movements to be a part of his performance, in reality, he was running out of oxygen in the airtight suit. As he became weaker and the danger became apparent, people also became aware of a new problem. Nobody in the crowd really knew how the diving suit worked. 
Luckily, the other artists in attendance were skilled in creative problem solving and used the pool cue to pry open the helmet, giving Dali a much needed breath of fresh air. While the 1936 diving suit incident was an extreme that nearly killed him, pushing his body to the limits was a regular part of Salvador Dali's artistic process. In order to access his subconscious, Dali would make it a habit to sit with a key in hand above a metal plate. As he drifted off to sleep, his hand would relax, causing the key to drop and hit the plate with the jarring sound of metal on metal. Dali found inspiration in this mixed state of waking slumber. I guess that's why his work had such an unusual dreamlike quality. Now, just to share one last strange, surreal fact before wrapping this up. As I said, Salvador Dali was known for his unusual personal style as much as his unique artistic vision. He was particularly well-known for his absurd, cartoonish mustache. Yoko Ono, being an artist and art lover, wanted a unique piece, and she actually paid Dali $10,000 for a strand of his mustache that she wanted to keep in a nice ornamental box. He sent her a blade of grass instead because he couldn't resist the money, but he thought she might be a witch trying to curse him. I guess it's no surprise that Dali would have been prone to believe in the paranormal. Setting aside that he spent so much of his life massively sleep-deprived, which is terrible for one's physical and mental health, Salvador Dali was named after an older brother who had passed away in infancy. The famous artist was born nine months after his brother of the same name had died, and his parents told him at a young age that he was the reincarnation of his brother. In 2017... I guess to figure out more of the Dali family tree, Salvador Dali's body was exhumed for a paternity test, and the coroner revealed that decades after his death, his mustache remained in all its glory. The paintings, much like his mustache, continue to astonish people. His most famous painting is The Persistence of Memory from 1931. That painting is surprisingly small, just 9.5 by 13 inches, slightly larger than the average sheet of paper, but it is one of the most widely recognized and referenced images of the Surrealist movement. For those who don't know it by name, you'll likely recognize the description, clocks melting in the desert. The melting clocks, much like the ambiguous figure in the middle of the composition, sort of reference metamorphosis, or a changing of different states of being. Things are in a state of flux. Ants crawl all over the clocks like fruit left to rot on the ground. The ants actually are said to be symbolic of decay in a lot of Dali's work. Dali referred to this piece describing time as a soft cheese, and yet... With all its absurdity, there are realistic elements drawn from the landscape of his home in Spain. There's an unsettling mix of real and absurd, which served as a device surrealist artists would use to call into question the rational world and whether things truly are as hard and fast as we might first perceive them to be. The clocks melt because even time, like all things, is relative and malleable. 
Just a quick reminder for everyone, the Arts Madness Tournament will begin in March when listeners will vote for their favorite artists in a series of head-to-head matchups. I'll be releasing a mini-episode every day up until then, so you can get a quick refresher on all 64 artists in this year's tournament. I have the brackets linked in the show notes, along with a form where you can predict the winner for a chance to earn a prize and give a shout-out to a favorite teacher so they might win a gift card. Remember, I'll be using my ad money for the month of February for prizes. So the more you listen, the more I can give away this spring. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com podcast done.